0: Welcome back for another helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. Bringing you the best TV shows and movies weekly in an easily digestible podcast, packed with laughs. By myself, Ross Bolin, and my dear friend, Mister Barrett Dudley. Barrett, how goes it? Do you have an accent for us?
1: Uh, no accent today. Oh, I mean, okay. you know, sure. I could, I could just talk about these dang guys coming in here every which way with their Oh hell. Shitting bolo ties and their freaking turquoise Luke Casey boots and whatnot. Just starting real boots. estate projects over here, putting up casinos over here, and I'm sure. just I'm just sick and I'm tired of it. Hell, I'm just ready to get back on the ranch. Or I could just talk about how, you know, I just think that this cold weather is perfectly splendid. I have to disagree with you there. No, not a not, a, not a I'm not
0: a cold-weather guy, although I am bundled up in You're bundled up, you're layering, you got so some I can quilting, go out and ride you got a
1: Gucci on you. Yeah, I got a vest. My guy, my guy, my guy. This is, I'm wearing a really, vest? It's time to really start dressing.
0: Look at this, look at this. I yeah. got a vest on and everything. I'm wearing jeans for the first time in 2020. It's the jean team. And a belt and boots, because we are going back to the ranch today. boatless Beltless. Beltless. <laughs> Wedding Crashers Wedding Crashers (laughs) On today's episode We'll be opening With everyone's favorite segment Tidbits and such with Barrett Then we'll be discussing Borat 2 Very nice Before running through Yellowstone Season 2 Up through Episode 3 Then Bly Manor Up through Episode 5 And Fargo Season 4 Through episode three, Uh, Yellowstone season two, if I didn't say that, I think I did Big show today, so let's go Today's episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa, makers of the greatest mattresses in the world I routinely argue your mattress is up there with your living room TV in terms of important purchases you make for your home So you have to ask yourself, is my mattress kind of shitty? Do I even remember when I got it or where it came from? Do I wake up every morning feeling like I've won the lottery? Because Ross does on his Lisa Lisa Legend. I slept on their hybrid, the Lisa Le- the Hybrid, for many years. As i said over and over on this show, most comfortable bed I've ever laid eyes or body on. Loved it. I upgraded to the Lisa Legend. Love it even more. I used their pillows, their blankets, all of their products at Lisa have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you actually want to spend time in. I love all this stuff. Lisa's been a supporter of OCC for a long time. They believe all people should have access to deep rest and relaxation. And as such, they make it easy for their customers to know they've made the right choice through their social impact initiatives tied to each purchase. Lisa donates one mattress For every 10 they sell Through organizations That work in causes Like foster care prevention And to date They've donated More than 33,000 mattresses Through more than 1,000 nonprofits. Lisa mattresses Are made in the USA In home delivery And setup is available Financing is also available Don't miss out Clam fam Live healthier Live happier By resting deeper Order today And get 15% off Any mattress For a limited time At Lisa.com Slash dragon Use the promo code Dragon That's L-E-E-S-A Dot com Slash dragon Promo code Dragon For 15% off Any mattress Lisa. At Lisa Go do it Now it's time for tidbits and such. Would you say that the uh that the Lisa Legend is
1: legend wait for it, Dairy? I would. Yeah. I would. Sorry to all my gluten free shouts to shouts to Meeting Moms and to Barney Stinson. Sure. The true legend.
0: Mm. Uh, From how I met your mother. That's correct. Never watched it, still know Barney Stinson. That's how legendary of a character he was. Uh
1: yeah, well it's welcome to Barney's family. Um okay Let's suit up. Start at the, the top. Suit up. Quibby, it's gone. Kaput. it's done. Quibby, they quit. They shut it. They shut it down. They shut her it. down. Shut her down. Shut it down. It was one guy in the room, by the way, running that. <laughs> shut it down, Gary. Um, yeah. The uh, the investors, they were they were, you know, they they had been like looking for like buyers, like sussing out like. Whether this is like Jeffrey Katzenberg and a few other people, you know Hollywood bigwigs, and um, this was a two billion stre- uh, streaming experiment gone horribly awry, and you know it's got to make it's, it's got to make like the people that that once upon a time, you know, w- we look at massive failures like somebody investing a few hundred thousand dollars in a former media company that we both used to work for, and then we say, oh man, that didn't. That didn't that didn't go so well. No, you um, did not say that. But uh but here with the people that invested in Quibi, um, we're talking millions and millions and billions and billions and billions of dollars. Millions and millions of dollars. It was yeah. called a bottomless pit. Um, so you know, some rich people, they're probably they're, they're they're not too thrilled right now because boy, this pandemic really just shit on this investment, didn't it?
0: It, was it the pandemic? Well, it
1: was. It was. Th- this. Uh, let's put it this way. Quibi may have, have been a failure sans pandemic, eventually. Okay. But it wouldn't have failed in like six months. They couldn't even find a buyer for this. All the shows, gone, canceled. They're just, they're just done. They, 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 they had everybody. They had everybody doing a Quibi.
0: Yeah. Doing a Quibbers. Quibbing. Quibbing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, so this guy, Jeffrey Katzenberg... That you said is one of the main financiers. Cats is
1: never closes.
0: Yeah. He's a sh- he did Shrek and the Prince of Egypt. That's right. I love those movies. It's yeah. a shame that Quibi didn't work out. Yeah. I still don't so, understand. what. The- so this was um, just going to be like a competitor for R.I. Netflix? R.I.P. and peace to Quibi. And Hulu and shit.
1: They were just going to make no, movies? No, no. Qui- do, do you not remember the conceit with Quibi? Not really. I know a lot of celebrities were involved. Quibi was designed to, in fact, when the app launched, it was only available on a mobile device. Oh, yeah, I remember this. And every show was less than seven minutes. Yeah, this is interesting. This is this is why I'm saying the pandemic killed it, because it was like, ah. it, it was supposed to be for, like, you're on the, on go. the go. You're moving around. You're in between meetings. Get you're grabbing lunch. lunch. Get a quick show in yeah, the you quib. Got, yeah, right. Quib so, with me. So, like, oh, you're waiting at the doctor's office. Oh, well, I'm just going to pop in my AirPods, and I'll, like. I'll just quib hard. I'll check out episode three of the Sophie Turner something or other, or the Anna Kendrick one, or the Zac Efron one, or whoever else was quibbing. Uh, so,
0: those are the, the quibbers so who lost out here. Immediately. Anna
1: Kendricks and Zach Efron's of the world. Immediately, people. Well, no, because they're fine. They, uh, they, were, there, were there people like you and me trying to quib? Like on quib shows? Yeah. Probably. I don't know. I don't know either. I'm sure this has hurt plenty of people.
0: Okay. I just want to make sure many people were hurt, not just <laughs> the celebrities, not the beautiful celebrities only. <laughs> Don't get distracted
1: by the beautiful celebrities. I'm not. Ron. I'm just. Um, they're,
0: they're just very beautiful. Yeah, they are. They are. They can be very
1: distracting. Mm. <laughs> but that. So. So suddenly, like Quibi launched, and everybody was at home. Nobody had. Nobody had any reason to need a seven minute show because they were on the go. Hey, how about a seven and, hour and, show and out and about? That would help. So, the very first thing that they did is they they begrudgingly had to pivot and like make the app available. On computers and and devices and like TV screens and because people are just at home they're not they they don't want to be bound to their phone to watch this much smaller some dinky little seven minute yeah. quib so anyways it was just it's it's uh you know it's going to go down as it, you know we're, we can just put it up on the shelf with like laser discs Betamax you know the yeah. the technologies of the time that that were fully geared to compete and then we're just utter Utter catastrophes and, and failures. Um, so,
0: did you know a quib is a sarcasm, a taunt, a gibe? Now, is that a quib or a quip? A quib. It also says it could be a quip. Quip. I, I didn't know quib was actually a word. Qu- anyway, quip. rest in peace and peace cool, whip. to all the quibbers. Yeah, they were quibbing.
1: Um, speaking of things that will not return, Mindhunter is has been officially confirmed as on the shelf for the time being
0: so this is this is a direct casualty of the pandemic this
1: this one is actually not a direct casualty of the pandemic this, oh.
0: this is one that was
1: ratings related what's just kind of everything related the, the, this was potentially not coming back for a while as as it stood pre-pandemic we we exited season two with no news, no updates, no anything about what was going to happen to the show moving forward, we knew that 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 uh, Jonathan Groff and the other actors were were in were under contract for at least a few seasons, um, but David Fincher kind of decided that he wanted to do this. He wanted to do this Mank movie instead, which is going to be on Netflix in the Mank Mank in the next couple of months. Mank, I, I think it's another biopic. Okay, something like that. It's about it's about Mank. It's about Manc. that guy named Mank. You know the one. Oh, He's the Mank. He was quibbing. But everybody has been released from their contracts now. It was a very expensive show. It was obviously a Fincher show, and he was directing lots of episodes, so it was time-heavy. Um, was these, the, the, the cast and the crew essentially had to move to Pittsburgh for many months on end to film these seasons. You know Pittsburgh's great great town, little up and comer got some arts districts going on and everything like that, but it's not l a. It's not New York, right? Sure, it's not the it's not the home base of these people for these people um so it was it was just a it was it was all around a commitment that had not garnered enough eyeballs to where it was like, we have to keep making this and it has to be like
0: this is very important that we get this done and continue it now here's the Fincher quote, not year in and year out, but probably. Six or seven months a year. Mind Hunter was a lot for me, so he he was saying it was very burdensome. Yes, to him. yeah, yeah, and that and, yes, he's working on Mank,
1: right? And they've all said like you know, despite everybody being released from their contracts, this is clearly something that they could revisit with a new cast or returning cast in three or four or five years, and and just it you know just kind of thinking about this, I really don't hate this this idea. I don't like it. I'm thinking of Dexter specifically that they kind of went out with a with a thud and is now returning for a little limited series. But like, I, I don't know, there's something it's kind of an in between of like, it's not a full on reboot of something that's already been done. It's just a long term pause on something. And I'm fine with this type of stuff, especially for a show where where that would work perfectly. Like Mindhunter. There's no. You know, we were kind of following along with the BTK yeah. killer through the years. So we could speed that up five, six, ten years, wherever we wanted to. He goes to. for quite a while. He goes for quite a while. We could move this to the late seventies, to the early eighties, wherever we want. It it you know, there's a whole squadron of FBI people that are still chasing all these murders. Like, right, like that you could it's very easy to come back to and I hope that someday we are able to return to the hunting of the mines. I Um, enjoyed it thoroughly. Because it was a very enjoyable show and very well done. So, again, for now, RIP and peace to Mindhunter.
0: Mank is going to follow screenwriter Herman J. Mankiewicz's tumultuous development of Orson Welles' iconic masterpiece, Citizen Kane. Take that for what you will.
1: There you go. Greatest film of all time.
0: What does he say at the end?
1: Rosebud. Rosebud.
0: Rosebud. Mank is an upcoming American biographical drama film directed by David Fincher based on a script written by his father, Jack Fincher. Wow, that's an interesting wrinkle. Jack Reacher? Tom Cruise? (laughs) Jack Reacher. I never watched those. Were those any good? Um, They were supposed to be okay. So it focuses on the screenwriter of Citizen Kane's battles with director Orson Welles. That's correct. Over screenplay credit. That's... A random story to attack Rosebud. What else in Tidbits and Such? Oh, let's see.
1: Um, Ross. Uh, no, let me get to... Let me finish with the tid and the bits, and then I'll get to my such last. Okay. Let me um, the Vow. There is a... This is the new Firefest. Yes. There is a competing documentary on Showtime, which apparently immediately gets into how awful Keith Raniere was. Like, it, it does not waste any any time, kind of like with the story. lulling you into, into like this false sense of security, where which I really liked about the first couple of episodes of the HBO one, which was, was like, see, you could have very easily joined this cult. It sounded yes. really good. Yes. Um, and then it wasn't... Uh, have you continued watching The Vow, by yes. the way? Are you finished with it?
0: No, but I obviously am aware that the second season is happening, why it is happening, and uh, aware yeah. of Keith Rainier's sentencing yesterday so, as well. So
1: in the last couple of episodes of The Vow, we get a little bit of... Um, we get some of Keith's lectures from these, like you know, uh, the these. Uh, what do they call them? Like the, the the when they went away for for a few days to the do a, like yeah, it's like a retreat, but they called it like a, a something. It, the, the word is slipping in my mind right now. Oh, the the Nexian people.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, I can't remember It'd the word. Be like, like a five day
1: it. something. Um. Anyway, uh, it, it's right intensive, and intensive, intensive. Yes. So they give us some of his. The, these pieces of his lectures from these uh, SOP intensives, which was the men's group, right? Okay. And like, he is full on another level of like crazy-ass misogyny.
0: When he's just in the presence of all the dudes at Well, that
1: next year. but part of it is they, they have a joined SOP and the women one, and he's like, you want me to be real? You want me to be real? And he starts getting real Keith, and he like, he starts saying all this crazy shit, and then he, of course, he qualifies it by saying, now that's what we would think. That's what I would say. I'm saying this so you understand the the mindset, but really he's just like, a crazy just person. fleshing out all these insane, misogynistic
0: ideals. manipulative.
1: Yeah, and, and, and manipulations that he has. It's really, really wild. So this, this Showtime one kind of Psycho. apparently goes right into like Keith Raniere is, it, it goes straight into how crazy of a shitbag this dude genuinely is. Which sounds interesting too. So, which also sounds really interesting. So again, like, and I was totally down with Two firefest docs. So g- give me more Nexium. And and spoiler alert. Okay. Keith Raniere just got sentenced yesterday. You got 120 years. 120 years. <laughs> I don't think he's getting out. So um, you know he's got that going for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it turns out he was uh, convicted of racketeering, racketeering conspiracy, sex trafficking, attempted sex trafficking. Sex trafficking conspiracy, forced labor conspiracy, and wire fraud conspiracy. Also yeah. he has to pay one point seven five million dollars to the court and serve one hundred and twenty years in prison. <laughs> yeah. So our boy Keith, he let it go,
1: Keith, you did it. He he got his
0: come up and man, you know. You flushed your life and several others. Yeah. And fucked up a lot of people. Um so th- I gotta finish the vow though so I can be ready for
1: Yeah, you can. Two. You definitely need to. So the um that wraps it up for my tidbit. Now onto my such here.
0: Okay, hit me with the such.
1: Uh, I watched the the film, the nineteen ninety four film. Let me double check that I have the film right. It's very important that I get the year right.
0: Uh you you must get the year right of this film. I must. This I film must. of of which there was a year. Nineteen ninety Nineteen ninety three.
1: I watched the nineteen ninety three film Hocus Pocus. Okay, starting is this your first time? Bette Midler. Sarah Jessica Parker, uh-huh. and Kathy and Jimmy. Is this your first time? Oh, no, hon. Okay. No, but I, it's been a while since I've watched this movie. Okay. Like like childhood a while, or like... No, like, I definitely saw it during childhood, and then over the years, I've seen bits and pieces of it, 30 minutes here, 20 minutes there, on an hour TV. here, on TV. Okay. Around, you know, because it's Creepy Month, right? It's all October, month. November. Right, right, Even into November. Um, so... The first thing that I have to say is that this movie is bad. This is a bad movie.
0: Yeah, fuck that movie. Just up it's front. real. It's my opinion. It's real bad. It's not no a g- not a good film. I realize a lot of you love it, hocus pocus. Yeah, so it's it, just not my bag, baby.
1: I, I'll say this: like I was able to leave it on for the ninety minutes, stare okay. at my phone, get a chuckle or two, and of course, it's very nostalgic in '90s and like kid gets his you know kid gets his Nike stolen and like the whole thing. And it, it's the, the, talking the, the talking cat, the talking cat, the witch performances are genuinely fun. Those are great. But the plot of the movie is poop is very, very
0: poopy. And the child acting is very poopy is very 90s childhood super 90s like in the 90s they didn't know how to tell a kid like you suck right now (laughs) you need to get back in your fucking trailer and get your game face on and come back out here ready to fucking act because right now you're making fools of all of us
1: um so this was just generally genuinely i mean uh,
0: generally a little bit surprising because i
1: know how much people love this movie and look forward to halloween season specifically for hocus pocus among other movies last year i watched the um the the nightmare before christmas Mm mm-hmm this is Halloween. This is Halloween.
0: Yeah, I've seen a live performance of that here. Far, far superior film. Not even close. Not even
1: close. Not even close. Like, they're, they're they're playing in different, this is single
0: A, that's the pros. Yeah. You know I what went I mean? and saw that thing in the Austin Symphony Orchestra deal back when people were allowed to go to places and do stuff. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, you remember. And <laughs> uh, they, so they had an orchestra doing all the music while you're watching the movie on the big screen. It was very tight. Highly yep. recommend. If the world ever returns to a place in which that can be done, um, it was awesome. Love that movie.
1: So uh, th- that's the such is that I that I watched this movie didn't think very highly of it. Now the tidbit. Now to go back to a quick tidbit here, mm-hmm. they are talks for a sequel.
0: Yeah, Bette Midler can't shut the fuck up about trying to get the bag on the sequel. <laughs> she just she, like yeah. It, they I don't want think, the bag. They want the bag. I don't think the reunion was going to happen until Bette was like. I really want a new Peloton. <laughs> and now they're going to do the sequel so she can afford it. So I don't I don't hate this. I don't
1: hate that the fact that they're doing a sequel because, as you just spoke to, 90s child acting, piss poor. Poo-poo. It's very, very, very not good.
0: Thackeray Binks. <laughs> Fuck this movie,
1: uh, I hate um, it so much. So I wouldn't... I, if you can get these these fun witch performances from... The three witches, mm-hmm. and and then pair that with some more modern uh, acting techniques from from your from your youths. <laughs> just hit just hit the kids. I, I don't I don't hate that. Now here, okay. Now back into my such. Back into to, bro, to broad such here. Okay. People forget bouncing in, around, including myself, including myself, or or maybe I'm just coming into the realization here. Maybe some people know this, some people don't, and some people have a weird relationship about this, but. Tell me, what do you think what, when I say Sarah Jessica Parker? What do you think of Sex in the City? Right, so, uh, that's for me too. Sarah Jessica Parker, SJP, she's Carrie Bradshaw. Yeah, yeah. Sex in the City from yeah. the that's like ninety eight two thousand five something yeah, like that's that.
0: Ninety nine point nine percent of her brand image to me.
1: Okay, yeah. But you follow these accounts, these nostalgia accounts, like nineties uh, anxiety and like uh, retro vibes on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, sure. And you 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 go back. You're watching films from the late eighties and nineties. She was like. The 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 cat's caboodle in the ni- in the early 90s.
0: The cat's caboodle. Um, <laughs> that the, was she? The cat's pajamas. The, kitten the whole caboodle? kitten caboodle. The cat's pajamas. Um,
1: I just okay. mixed up those two. She's
0: in a lot of good stuff. Divorce is also a really good show. Uh, I got a funny anecdote very quickly because she stars in that as well. Right before I, I got a divorce, my ex-wife, uh, my wife that left my me, wife! she was watching Divorce. Uh-huh. And I remember being like, I'm getting a divorce. <laughs> This isn't good. I'm definitely getting a divorce. Like, she couldn't have laid it on thicker. Speaking of Sarah Jessica Parker, she couldn't stop watching Sex and the City and Divorced. And I was like, <laughs> this is so obvious. Like, could you be less obvious? So just consider that. If you're thinking about leaving your spouse, like, maybe don't just fucking tell them by putting on Divorced and Sex and the City over and over. Anyway.
1: Yeah, I, but but I, it's just weird because, like, I'm now looking at the IMDb and, like, none of this stuff is, is recognizable to me. So I don't know what exactly she was famous for. But she seemed to have a very, very large
0: presence. All this stuff the, is uh, trash, though. Like, this all random trash and and just random shit. What is this? She all was these things Ed she's...
1: Wood, Striking Distance, Hocus Pocus, Honeymoon in Vegas. Nobody's seen any of these
0: except Hocus Pocus.
1: I, I don't Mars know. Like, attack? Some, somebody helped, Mars Somebody help me out here. Why, why is Sarah Je- Jessica Parker in, like, all the photos from the 90s? And I mean pre Sex in the City nineties.
0: Maybe it's that the dude who runs this nineties uh nostalgia account you follow has a Sarah Jessica Parker thing. You know what else I think of when I think of Sarah Jessica Parker? How hard Family Guy ripped into her for the course of the show's run. Like it's still yeah, going. Yeah. Man. Like, what was that about? They kept they made her a horse. Yeah. They, they made her a yeah. horse face, but like, did she like Cheat on that dude or something? Like, I, I don't what's know. What's his fucking problem? I don't problem. know.
1: I don't know. Because that, that was kind of hurtful. The, seemingly. Get, the other... Well, it, much like the office debates about whether Hillary Swank is hot or not, SJP is another one that falls into that category for me. Sure. Where, like, I see some of these photos, and I'm like, wait, was Sarah Jessica, was Sarah Jessica Parker like a, like a sex symbol? Was she like a hot icon? I think so. I mean but and then the she's she's pretty,
0: she's pretty attractive in 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 throughout sex in the city Oh I'm sorry South Park and Family Guy both made fun of her So
1: are they like are they re, are they reaching for that joke because they don't understand why why Sarah Sarah
0: Jessica Parker is like considered hot I mean I it's she's just a random person to pick for that because there are like there no no offense there's a lot of people on both sides of the sexes in Hollywood that you could pick and be like yo, this is kind of a random person to fit into, like, as a sex symbol. I, I just don't, I've never understood, but now I can't tell if the joke originated, like, on the internet and then bled into those shows or, because you just, if you Google Sarah Jessica Parker horse, I mean, <laughs> like, there's just way too many options to compare her to. There's just too many photos with her next to a horse. What? Yeah. I—I She's, look, she's better looking than most people. Most people.
1: It might be that she was okay. It it may be that she I don't was know. the girlfriend, that she was a famous girlfriend. I believe that she dated Robert Downey Jr. That
0: was for sure part of it. Okay. And then maybe also And some she married people. Matthew Broderick. That's another thing. Because that's Kiefer like...
1: Sutherland you Google s J P Robert Downey Jr., you get Corey Haim, Kiefer Sutherland, Bill Paxton. So she might have just been like that like that. She might have been the famous girlfriend for a while and then she turned that into to her own her own stardom.
0: Yeah, the other reason we don't know is because it was so long ago. Yeah. I guess I'm looking at photos of her, you know. We are old compared to where we were back when she was in her prime heyday, like yeah. on TV and shit. Yeah. Like, that was a long time ago, Sarah Jessica Parker and Hocus Pocus.
1: Anyway. Which is ass. That's, uh... That's yeah, that has got, got me thinking about SJP and Hocus Pocus, and, and, and that, that and does it. Sequel. That wraps it
0: up. Potential sequel. Well, let's talk about Borat, subsequent movie film. He's nice! Um, I watched this on Saturday night Okay, I think Borat, we, watched it, we watched it on Saturday at Late afternoon, evening Borat yeah. 2, watched it with my mom okay. okay, And as I've said on this show And many other places If you watched Game of Thrones with your parents You can watch anything with your parents mm-hmm. It's fine to watch Borat 2 Borat 1, maybe a little harder than Borat 2 even um, But I watched it with my mom, a lot of people were concerned about that So I just wanted to explain <laughs> uh, You know, I took an edible, I plop, plopped down on the couch and, and I was ready for what was coming I knew what this was going to be. You know, they were going to do Borat again. That was 14 years ago or whatever. They had plenty of time and space had passed. You can roll Borat back out there. Mm -hmm. Um, Obviously, with the wrinkle of his daughter in case he needs to be able to utilize someone to get him into scenarios that he can't get into because some people recognize Borat. Some Uh people's memory goes back several years. But if you're wondering, like, how did anybody not recognize Borat? It's because some people are morons. (laughs) And 14 years for them is like a lifetime ago. They can't remember anything from then because of the meth. And uh, I guess I was I was slightly disappointed when it was all said and done Um, because it felt heavy handed at times almost like and if you come off as heavy handed in 2020 with that subject matter that you don't need
1: to be heavy handed with. It's weird to me. So my, my review is essentially the exact same. I was disappointed. There were some laugh out loud moments that I thought were fun. Sure. But there were o- several for me but, where I was but laughing but out loud. But overall, that. I, that I left and, and I was like, wait, so did they like cook this thing? Did, did, I, I left and got the feeling that they cooked this entire thing up as like a voting campaign, like a get out the vote campaign almost. Well, the movie literally you know ends I mean? by telling you like, now go vote. Right, Exactly. And so, I don't know if it's they just, like, who you want me to vote flopped for that in here, if they just dropped that in here. Like, like like, did, w- was this, were they making this movie pre-pandemic, and then the pandemic happened, and they had to, like, audible a little bit and kind of shift the back half of this film? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm very much with you. Whether they did or did not, everything about this time around felt heavy-handed. Yeah, because it was not, officially which, announced
0: in September. Which is not uh, last September. Of 2020. Oh, like they announced this several weeks ago. Okay. And then we're like, and here it is.
1: And even with the Showtime series that that Sasha Baron Cohen had, it's like, I don't know, the the genius of Ali G and Borat and Bruno was always the sub, the subversiveness of what he was doing. He was like using these insane characters to like reveal something that you maybe knew or maybe didn't know,
0: right? right? About society usually.
1: Yes. And so, it's hysterical. He's extremely gifted comedian, and, he's, and, he, and, and the undertones are that he's showing you and telling you something as well. Yeah. Then we got the, the Showtime series, where, like, the goal was to embarrass conservative politicians, essentially. On? On the Showtime series. Which is different than the OG Ali G? Yeah, the, the Showtime series was... Um,
0: Oh, by the way, full title of this thing is uh, "Hold on, Borat." Who is America? Oh, okay. I did not watch that. One. I didn't. I didn't watch. I really didn't watch a full episode either.
1: But I saw some clips. And and when did they run this? Uh, I
0: say on there, two thousand eighteen.
1: Okay, so this is not that
0: long ago. No. Mm-mm. Okay.
1: And and so that that's slowly been the shift. Is is as everything has become more political, Sasha Baron Cohen has like leaned in, and is now. At, He's just, he's kind of meat fisted with this stuff now. Yeah. And it, that, I don't know. its its It takes away from it for me, man. It, it does, but it, it's, and it's like, look, we're in a year, we're in a situation, we're in a political climate where I don't think you really can do the subversive anymore. You can't subtly you want show me this to stuff. You part of why. And so it's like, I, I it doesn't necessarily lose its effectiveness but it does. Lo- but it does take away from the enjoyment. Here's like I still, the thing. I still. This movie still ends, and I'm like, "Fuck! How are people this racist?"
0: Here's right? the thing for me. I spend all of us spend now. You can't watch any media or get on any social media um, without paying attention to the political shitstorm that is currently occurring uh, in the form of an election in the United States of America. And we all, or at least me, I've spent pretty much this whole year making fun of it. Um, Memes, jokes, laughs all day long All over social media Not just me making them But inhaling them from all these different sources We are every day given a new thing to make fun of By these uh, two gentlemen running for for president of the United States On on both sides There's plenty to pick at Certainly one side seems to be better at providing us with laughs than the other But that's just me Maybe it's different for others, I don't know Um, There's nothing special to me About making fun of Donald Trump Because we all do it all day, every day on a place called Twitter. This movie cannot crack a a Donald Trump joke I haven't heard. It can't introduce a subject about Donald Trump that I haven't made fun of or or laughed at already. Uh, It's like Giuliani even. Mm -hmm. The scene, the most crazy scene that they really hyped up and utilized to like market this thing over the past two weeks or whatever. It was a letdown. For I, Look, I, I, I knew we weren't going to go into that and watch Rudy Giuliani commit a sex crime because he would have been arrested already. <laughs> but I expected it to be more like, it, sure, it was awkward. But I already knew Giuliani was a fucking lunatic. All you have to do to find that out is turn on your television <laughs> at any given point and go to Fox News and wait for him to come on. And you'll go, holy Jesus Christ, this was America's mayor at one point. <laughs> but that's not a joke Sasha Baron Cohen has to tell me. Like, it didn't bring anything new to the table. That's what I was like, damn, this is kind of a bummer. Like, you rubbed a period joke in my face for five minutes, which, again, is like sort of the, I'm not, that doesn't do shit for me anymore. Right. Original Borat, when they were running around naked in the hotel, and I was like, this is so grotesque. I was also peeing myself laughing. Yeah. Like, maybe that did this for some, it just, that type of humor, like, where it's so over the top crude and in your face that it's like, like, stare at this woman's bleeding crotch and laugh. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, I don't know. And again, I know the South is fucked up because I've been here my whole life. So, like that introduction of it, like I don't know, that felt like it was the first time the first Borat showed America, like look how backwards so many people are, and we all laughed at it. But like we done knew this now. Yeah, um, I don't know. Because it, it, this didn't move anybody on the right. Then what did you do?
1: No, it did, it did not. But it, it I I still do think that it's important. In some, degree, in some ways, as, as, again, especially in 2020, like, r- don't forget, that's 15 years ago. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It, it, is, it is important to have these reminders that, like, as time passes, there are places in the country where literally nothing changes and progresses. Sure, There are people that make n- no, no bones about who they are and what they believe in and what they stand for.
0: And, and there's nobody around to challenge still, that,
1: frankly. And still hold... And are willing to go to these places when they don't know that they're on camera, that that are frankly like despicable, like 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 lower than
0: life type like mindsets, right? And I think that's another thing about this that's kind of off. So it, is I don't know when they know they're on camera. So did it, you hear about one of these women that he was interviewing in the synagogue or whatever, grandmas or whatever? Sure. Actually, sure. I don't think it was from the synagogue. Let me let me double check this. But one of the women. In Borat subsequent movie film delivery of prodigious bribe to, um, bribe to American regime for make benefit once glorious <laughs> nation of Kazakhstan is now suing because she felt she was like misled. Huh. Like she thought she was wor- on an actual documentary. Okay. And didn't know it was a joke or some shit. Interesting. And that's like that brings into call for me like there's something like you know when police do entrapment. Yeah. It's supposed to be illegal. Right. And sometimes it is. Um, this felt like comedy entrapment a little bit. Like, I already know. Like, I get it, and it's good to expose racism, and like racists need to be called out on their shit. And I understand all that, and that's great. But like again, I just don't think in 2020 we needed Borat for that. And then it's like, who are these two guys? Like, I don't know these two guys. So okay, do they know they're on camera? Let's talk about the the two guys. Who the fuck are those guys? Were those were they plants? Were they actors? What I'm saying to you is not knowing is the part about this movie where I'm like... Because in the first one, we knew the two people who knew it was a, a movie, a joke, were Borat and his girlfriend, the prostitute. Yeah. This one, it's Borat and his daughter, as far as I know. But, like, I went into watching the first one knowing there was Borat and one other person, and those were the only people who were ever aware that this was being made into a film. I do not know the circumstances of this one. It was not something that was talked about long enough before it came out and I watched it. It was all just all of a sudden here... And that element of it is weird to not know what's real and what's a setup and who's in on it and who's not. I'm like, did the guy who just made the joke about buying his daughter in front of his own daughter, like, did he do that because he knew he was going to be in a movie and it was funny? Or is that a fucking sicko who needs to be Um, arrested? Like, how was his face on the the, film? From the reaction of his daughter, that
1: was a genuine Which then, why would he sign off on being in the movie? Like, why would
0: he give the release? Yeah, or was he already like screwed or like that's i have so many yeah. questions about those aspects of it that that's what i ended up thinking about being my takeaway from the film
1: yeah and I, I do agree that 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 i and we know that they do use to to be fair there is some selective editing going on here much, much like on the bachelorette it, i it is sometimes obvious that they are like frankenbiting clips together and so you're not seeing the entire conversation without any
0: gaps, or which like makes you feel movements. like you're being you're missing information.
1: Um, and so I, I do agree with, with you there that it is like that. It's it, it again. It, it pulls away from the movie a little bit to not know to not know exactly
0: how and this to know all goes that it's down. Very
1: edited, yeah. And 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 how people sign off or how they don't sign off because there are some blurred faces as well every once in a while. Um, but 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 again, I, I think. For me, the bigger thing was like it, it's still jarring to see people be so casually racist. I, I but it, but but in the 2006 or eight version or whatever it was, it was coupled with hilarity. You're like shocked, but it's also very funny, right? Because of the because of a lot of different things. Because you're but exposing because it of the time, part. because of the novelty, because we hadn't seen a Borat movie before, because the the because the world was different 15 years ago because of all these things so it's like now it's just like a, it's it's like the, the joy the enjoyment of watching it happen is not funny anymore really it it's it's you just you're just cringing and wondering how like i don't know do you not do you not watch some of that and think to yourself like wait so if i just walk in somewhere anywhere and start talking about racist stuff to 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 random ass white people I, i'm shooting like 50 percent that they'll just join in and be racist with me
0: no i mean based on where you are yeah you could for sure find areas where you're batting even higher percentages than that like, like that's I, I, like the you know the reminder of that sucks but, but dude You're telling me a dude who looks like Borat, dressed like Borat in that scene, goes into a parking lot and hits up a random redneck and is like, yo, can I come crash with you and ride out COVID-19? And he's like, yep. No, again, I, I what am. What the fuck was with that? With Jerry and, Jerry and
1: John or Barry or whatever their names were, were I, I am very unclear that out of, out of everybody that interacted with Borat, the, my money would be on those two that they were
0: actors. Uh, Right, me too, but that was such a big chunk of the movie that then it's like, what the fuck was this? So very quickly, I have to clear something up. Judith Dim Evans, the woman who the movie is uh, like partially dedicated to or whatever, that that, that he interviews the Holocaust survivor in the synagogue who passed away after the filming or at some point during it, I'm not sure, Um, since the movie came out, obviously, because they, whatever, have her little homage in there. Her daughter was filing a lawsuit saying that her mother was tricked into appearing in the Borat sequel and a judge... uh, rejected that lawsuit and Judith uh, the daughter of her of Judith dim Evans uh, withdrew it hmm. okay so that's over and uh apparently sasha Baron Cohen very deeply grateful for the opportunity to work with Judith dim Evans uh, according to his spokesperson uh, blah, 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 yada 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 had nothing but good things to say about her anyway um no I mean it, look it, that's what I'm saying it, it hit totally differently in 2020 for me and it just right. wasn't like for, we, the place we're in it no longer feels joyous to mock people who are are seemingly in the wrong right or who who are lost i'm not getting any joy out of that anymore really like it's not making me laugh the way it used to it's a thing where i'm like this is because fucking 15 sad. years
1: later it's not funny it's sad exactly it's not it's we're n- we're not we're not reveling in like the exposure anymore it's just sad and and it's just uncomfortable. And it's uncomfortable,
0: yeah. So it's, like, it's... Yo, these are very, very backwards, uneducated, fucked up people, like, in our country. Or, or they are they actors? Like, tell me. They should have had a stamp on everybody. <laughs> so we know, man. Like, well, what were those dudes' names? Because I'm trying to Google and figure out if they were in on it. Jerry and Gary or some shit? Borat Hicks... Borat 2, Who was in on it? Who was in on it? There we go. Anyway, Come on, yeah. Google. You I got mean, this.
1: I, I, I think we, I think in general, we felt pretty similarly. That is a little heavy-handed. It didn't. It does not hit the same way. And it's, and yet, it is still really upsetting and sad to see casual racism
0: exist thoroughly through.
1: Or, sh- or should I say, um,
0: and sexism?
1: What's the word I'm looking for?
0: And pedophilia. <laughs> <laughs> what else does it address? All of it. All of the all of the lovely things in society. The casual
1: racism often. just pre- prevails through lo- through con- continuously prevails through um, permeates. That's the word I'm looking for. Permeates
0: much of, of American society. Yeah, it's just and its 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 it's bizarre. The whole movie was bizarre. It was bizarre. The the uh not Keen The uh Cotillion was was <laughs> painful. That was so painful. Never again. Barrett, are you ready to go back to the old Clamstone Ranch? Oh well
1: I'm I'm not ready right this second. Not yet, you got it. you so
0: gotta, you're gonna oh shit. Oh oh he's making he's making a hat change here. I'm gonna get ready. Wow. Well hell, Barrett. Now you're ready. Now you ready, ready to ride. Frankly even your other hat was it has like a rodeo thing on the back and shit. <laughs> and you could have could have told me that was your cowboy hat, I would have believed you. But now we both have cowboy hats on and we're ready to rock. Let's uh, ride out. Okay, we're on season Round two. Round up some cattle. We yeah. took a couple weeks away because I've been uh, struggling to get caught back up. I'm through episode three. Okay, that's where
1: I am too. But it has now been two and a half weeks since I watched anything. So you are going to have to catch me up on exactly what is happening. I can't totally remember. All right, babe. All I remember is that what's-his-face doesn't even know how to pour warm piss out of his boot.
0: He wouldn't even know how to pour... <laughs> That's the best line of the season so far.
1: And I know that, uh, that Dan,
0: old Dan Jenkins. Dan Jenkins, man. He gets
1: uh, uh, borderline so, assaulted by some some rival real estate developers. Two brothers. Wearing bolo ties and Luke Casey's.
0: Two brothers show up. You got on your Luke Casey's today, Ross? M- mine, aren't, mine aren't Luke Casey's. They're like, oh, hell, Barrett, I don't know what the fuck they are. I got them in Montana. No, oh, I didn't. Those I got are them. got them in Montana? Here. I think everything I'm wearing is from Montana. from Big Sky Company? I've only worn any of these things in Montana when I was there once several years ago. They just sit in my closet. I'm not sure what brand these are. Oh, they're yeah. Ariat. Ariat. Yo, no, these are my horse riding those shoes. Are for,
1: those are for working the ranch.
0: You wouldn't know dick about this. You're a Luke Casey boy. <laughs> I'm out there and fucking having to fight everybody and kick the shit you're out do, of myself on a daily basis. You're doing some cowboy. You're doing some cowboy. I'm losing fights on purpose just to try to manipulate you into uh, thinking you're the big dog out yeah, here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the yeah.
0: hell was that, by the way? So we've got... Rip, losing on purpose to Jamie, but also beating the shit out of him in the process. To Casey. To Casey, excuse me. These that was uh, a, Dutton that children was a, are hard yes, to keep up that with. That was a rigged fight.
1: And, and everybody, everybody, old man Dutton, Rip, and Casey were all in on what was going down there. Casey was in on it too? Yes. In the rigged fight he was a part of? Yes. Did not catch that. I thought Rip stands there at the end and he's like, he's like, go on, like, do it.
0: Like, you got one. Here. Here. Huh. Because I thought it was for John Dutton, daddy, to utilize Rip in an effort to manipulate- Casey into thinking he's like back in a place of mattering in the ranch and no he's family.
1: basically I mean that is part of it but he is basically like you have to get in a fight with Casey and he's got to beat you, he's got to beat you so that he has the respect of all of all the cowboys and the people that
0: right but now I now have think to Casey answer to knew him that
1: yeah Casey, Casey Casey knew what was going on. I down. thought he was in the dark because like, when when Rip like as, as basically a, go, attempts murder on Walker is that his name. Right? Whatever. Uh, Ryan
0: Bingham. Ryan Bingham's name is.
1: I, you know, in case he rides up on the horse to stop him, Rip says, that, and I had to rewind this scene a couple times, but Rip's like you, needed a, like, you needed a reason, I just gave you one, to fight. That It's not super clear, but he's like, this is what, now you can say. You had to fight me. Uh, because yeah, I did this. Because I did this, and there's no fighting on the Yellowstone, and I got to beat Rip's ass now, and now y'all better listen to me because I'm running the ship.
0: Got it. So everybody's in on this being a a big effort to get everybody in the whatever. It's a a gaming ship. It's a gaming ship. In the cabin where all the working people live back into the same boat. That's right. Okay. That's right. Uh, What else is going on here? Um, So there's like two guys, these two brothers who want to do this deal with Dan Jenkins that approach him. One of them's a very recognizable actor, by the way. And they tell him, look, you're being ripped off by John Rainwater. He's like one of those guys that's like in everything. Yeah. Very recognizable character actor. Yeah. They're like, here's what Rainwater's going to do. This is what we would do if we were him. You're going to get ripped off. He's going to push you out. Here's how he set it up. Now, fuck that deal. We want you to do a deal with us. We would like to build a casino here. So now, now we got another developer. These two doofuses coming in and trying to get in on the, uh, the casino nonsense. Meanwhile, what, what is the, what's going on with Jamie, the one that's running for political office? Now the, there's a the, chick that's the, the going shoot, up against him? The shooters him? are out
1: for Dan, man. He's got a lot of people coming after that cabesa.
0: Dan is going to die eventually. Um, Technically, yeah. we already, we already seen him almost die once. Jamie has lost his saucy little sweetheart
1: because he's not man enough to take down his dad. So she's out. She's out. Sad. And he, and he goes and rejoins La Familia. Sits down at the dinner table, but then he gets. Where all they can talk about is work. And boy, Beth, I don't remember the last time that she's made it through a dinner. Do you? Nah. Sure. I... Shit,
0: I couldn't tell you when. It's been years. Been years. But Jamie then ends up in a meeting with John Rainwater. At one point. Uh, yeah. That that, that
1: was, was prior. They're gonna. They were offering to stake his campaign, essentially. And he said no. Yeah, right. And after he what says he could no, not, that's when his girl what says he could not abide by was letting the Rainwaters, his dad's sworn enemy, fund his campaign and use him against the family, basically.
0: Right. Huh. He can't cross that line. Uh, so he bows out of the race. Also Casey's uh ex, I guess. Oh yes.
1: She's now in, this, she's in this, therapy. this is where I really needed where we really needed to, to
0: have a conversation. Monica. Across. She's got physical therapy in the pool, Barrett. Um,
1: Okay. So, obviously, the scene where she starts her lecture, school's a frat boy, just all-time, like, just hilarious, unintentional comedy of a show. Yeah. And then, then, I I laughed out loud... Because I think it's the most soap opera scene that we've gotten on this show, where this where this unbelievably attractive woman who is now supposed to be a, a college professor uh-huh. is walking out through the quad with her cane.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. They've uh, they've really found
1: ways to make it even more she like dramatic. Not, by the way, she didn't need to stumble around with the cane when she was up there like delivering that that heartfelt powerful speech. powerful intro to her history class about how she's going to tell you the real history not just from the side of the victors yeah but from the side of you know but but to really teach you about imperialism colonialism and like the 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 terrors that it, it hath wrought right but then walking through the quad just looking dynamite needs the cane to just quake along there very, very funny. Very funny stuff to me. That, yeah,
0: that was. Uh, the show has is found ways to one up its like soap e- opera she's nature. She's even got
1: the glasses, Ross. Yeah, just I know. Even got the smart the smart glasses that you know. It, it's just it's it, it just
0: very, 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 very cliche here. Monica's whole storyline, frankly, from the get go of season one, has been the most soap opera thing about the show. <laughs> it continues to be that way when she's later in physical therapy in the pool. And her very attractive physical therapist is like, I'm going to work on your knee now. (laughs) And she's like, I'm really, really married. And he's like, tight, saw the ring. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to do your knee, though, because, you know, physical therapy. And she's like, I'm married. And he's like, cool. See you next Wednesday at 10. Cut the sexual
1: tension with a knife. God, there's just so much. Two pretty people in a pool, Barrett, doing physical therapy. Yeah, at the YMCA, doing physical therapy with a bunch of kids peeing around you. Hell, you John you, Dutton's in the pool? Got kickboards in there, you got floaties, you
0: got you got lanes, you got ropes. You got John Dutton in the pool, and he don't want to kick. <laughs> he don't want to swim. Next thing you know, he's what's, popping up what, over there. What's not sexy about that About that YMCA pool? Hey, Barrett, small town, uh, Monica and John Dutton doing the fucking therapy in the same pool. What are the odds? Hey, uh,
1: crazy crazy i've always said that about bozeman though ross you know it's 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 growing like crazy around these parts but it's still a small town when it comes right down to it
0: you ever met somebody tries to tell you this about austin all the time that's why i'm I'm making fun of okay what the fuck is wrong with those people it's not where does it have a small town feel it is it it is and it isn't it feels like every other big progressive city in the united
1: states to me Okay, let me me tell you why you did not feel quite the same way. Okay. For prior to the pandemic, for what extent of time were you basically like not really going out outside of dinner? Like to the bars? 18 months.
0: To the bars?
1: Yeah, like do or yeah, yeah, anything like that.
0: I don't know, a couple years?
1: Yeah, that's, you, you, there is a sense that when you're, that you see the same people- you see the same groups of people when you're out doing that stuff, like like pre. If you go to the same places over and over, right? Isn't that how it works? Yeah, but like like I don't know. I you'd run around ACL and you'd see groups of people that you like saw at the bars or saw at uh, Barton Springs or saw at um, you know okay sure I, all I, I that, that type of stuff. That's true. You just you recognize you pick up on people and obviously every year that passes. That that quality gets reduced and reduced because the city continues to to experience.
0: I just think the difference between like small town feel is where everyone knows everyone, like in a, on a personal level. Like this, is I recognize the same homeless guy I pass on seventy one every day for sure.
1: Yeah, well, and now and to to that point, and look, I don't know if I, I do, and I do think this is true. Here, okay, here's a big difference between like Austin and even in Houston and Dallas, for example. Sure. If there is somebody that you know is in is in Austin, and you wanted to meet that person, you're probably one connection away. Yeah. Not so in Houston or Dallas. That's fair. Do you know what I mean? That's fair. That that's that's one one piece of it. But I, but yes. smaller town feel than, but, than a huge but city. It's not a small town where literally everybody knows everybody and everybody's right, business right. is everybody's business. Right. right.
0: What else happened in this? Uh... First three episodes so far. Oh God! Uh, what's the name of the two doofuses who, who? I'm sorry, is it Jimmy that goes? Jimmy, to get, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy's going to go to the store with he Avery. Can't, he can't pour the warm piss out of uh, piss out of his boot. He can't. He's got to go to the store with Avery. There's two meth heads in the store, and they're trying to buy meth products. But then they see a cop, and they're like, "Oh shit, we can't buy these meth products." We gotta get Jimmy to do it. Jimmy's in the parking lot. We happen to run into Jimmy. Jimmy Jimmy, and these meth heads, they clearly know each other. Jimmy used to cook meth with these meth heads. He didn't even need the list of freaking ingredients, Barrett. He knows how well he knows this meth. He knows what to get. He's the fucking Jesse Pinkman of Bozeman. Yeah. And he says, no. I'm not gonna buy your meth. I'm a badass now. And by badass, I mean he runs to the truck and he's like, for the love of God, drive, and then, and then she has to save him by bear him and them in the face. But, um... What happened after that? I, Jimmy's looking, these guys are now looking to kill Jimmy.
1: I was very proud of Jimmy, by the way. I uh-huh. thought for sure they were going to have him buy the meth and like go down a bad path here. And I was glad that he just beat him ass and then, you know, got maced
0: instead. Yeah. Well, now he's going to probably get, this is what's great. These two meth heads are undoubtedly going to go out to the ranch, right? <laughs> and they're going to be like, we got to kill Jimmy. And then guess who's on the ranch? Oh, that's right. A bunch of badasses Rip and who just beat the yeah. shit out of people yeah. on a daily basis for fun. So they these will, two they, they will hang your ass. No second thoughts about it. Yeah, they're gonna—they're gonna kill these two meth heads. That's—that's happening. Better believe that.
1: Um, what else? John, what's going on with Big Man? What's going on with Big Man, John? He's sick
0: because he didn't go to the doctor.
1: He's got and an take, ulcer. He's got an ulcer.
0: He had, but he had cancer, right? Then he didn't take care of it the way it was supposed to Which could have been handled with a pill He had to have very extensive serious surgery Which has now resulted in After the fact an ul- Is the ulcer related to the surgery Or is the doctor just shaming him Not clear But it is funny as shit How John like knows the doctor real well Like he knows all the people he deals with Yeah So you see like two, son- two sides of John Dutton You see him when he's like a business facing You know badass And then you see like people like John I actually know who you are You're just a regular person Like me they just treat him normal and it's funny, like his yeah. doctor. Um, but yeah, I don't know. That's about it.
1: Yeah, there's yeah, we're we're we're, we're the wheels are turning here on a, on a season two, but but we're not into the to the weeds. We're not the, in the thick of
0: it. John's just real upset. With his the, wife with left.
1: Conflict. Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. God damn you for leaving me, Barrett. <laughs> leaving me here to cover blind manor by myself. Let's with talk these, about blind manor. These kids
1: though. with these damn kids. We I talk about like blind manor. Kids. I did like all the asshole kids back at the dinner table. That was yeah.
0: that felt good. Yeah. That family when put back together in one place now is hilarious. As <laughs> a like when you look at everybody at the table and you're like thinking about what everybody's got going on.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: A lot going on. Dysfunctional
1: uh, family that one.
0: They are. I would say they are. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's talk blind manor. Okay. Don't... And I'm gonna just. Jump ask in, you baby. to get your perfectly splendid's out of the way up front if that's possible.
1: No, no, let's let's just okay, let's, just let's work them in as it, normal. Get into the let's get into the, uh, the nitty gritty here.
0: Episode five was the was best.
1: Perfectly splendid. Damn it, <laughs>
0: <laughs> was the best of this uh, this season so far, okay. um, and because it tied up so much of what we've seen.
1: But and, rebuttal, I didn't. Li- I, it 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 got good. Season f- or episode five got good in the last half. Right. I was bored. Of, I was bored through the first half.
0: Okay, fair, but I'm bored through at least one half of every episode, that's, basically. That's okay. The show likes to do this. That's fair. That is fair. It, there's a lot of really slow builds and burns, and I mean, for a lot of what we see in episode five is answering questions we've already been presented with, like, yeah, th- basically, th- how did all these people die?
1: My, my, my biggest issue here with the first 30 minutes of this episode was the show was doing something that shows occasionally like to do, especially when there's mystery involved, where it's like they're holding the cards, right? And they're not showing you the hand. But you know something is up. Yeah. But throughout the display, you're not learning anything new. So through the first 30 minutes where we're going through, spoiler alert, by the way, in case you're not all the way to,
0: to, to episode five. Yeah, this one's a hard one to listen to us talk about. We're, without we're going through
1: it. Hannah's, like, she's clearly, like, on this loop, right? We've seen her kind of days off, and it clear, whenever she does that, she's going back into this other... Time. Time, memory, state, dream, whatever. And we're watching her do this in episode five. Over, and it's like, over. we keep seeing things, but it's like, the first 30 minutes is like, uh, the parents were really nice. Uh, little Miles is kind of a dickhead. Uh, so it wasn't it,
0: it wasn't telling us anything See, new. But there were things about, like, at the beginning of this episode, I was like, okay. Well, frankly, before this episode, probably a couple episodes ago, I was like, Miles is possessed. Miles mm. keeps saying and doing shit that is very clearly not a fucking eight-year-old boy or however old he's supposed to be. And and based on what he was doing and saying, you could have taken a stab at it that it was Owen. Mm -hmm. And then we find out it is very clearly a dead Owen. Peter. Peter, excuse me. Peter. Owen. Okay, can we walk through the characters' names? Yeah. Danny, the babysitter chick who's there uh, in the most recent time Mm -hmm, frame. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Peter is that guy. Peter Quint, yeah. The dick. Yes, who was super overly aggressive with his new girlfriend Correct. when she ate some food in a way that didn't please him <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. fucking that, lost he his was far, shit. That
1: was far too sexual for him. He, he did not like ever. Owen's batter in
0: her mouth. No, not, one, not one bit. Not one bit. And then he came back and tried to pretend like it wasn't even a thing. Psycho. Then, so he goes out into the hallway when nobody's supposed to be in the hallway. Remember how the little kids are always keeping uh, Danny from walking out into the hallway? Yeah, so that was a that
1: was an interesting. We got that reveal in episode four that that confirmed that the dollhouse is like possessed or magical, and indicates all those little dolls or indicate where these spirits are. are and yeah. people are. Yes,
0: in the house, and that's why she gets upset when anybody fucks with this thing. But the la- the lady in the from the lake that kills Peter. Mm-hmm. By the way, just very easy for this thing to kill you if you happen to be in its path. It literally just grabs you and is totally unfazed by your presence as it (laughs) continues on its path and chokes you to death. Yes. Uh, Peter emerges like very quickly from that room Mm -hmm. as a ghost, though, not knowing he's a ghost. Right. Which is a weird moment there. Um, And we see how a lot of these interactions with the little boy, Owen, that's the little boy, right? Who's the little boy? No, 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 Miles. Miles. Owen is the chef. Owen is the chef. Thank you. The little boy, Miles, how many of the interactions with him have gone as he, like, touches him on the shoulder and he accidentally Mm. starts yelling the shit that he's yelling. Yep. Um, And that whole reveal was very cool. Like, then, I didn't expect to get another one on top of that, which is what's going on with, what's the name of the chick who's with the chef this whole episode? Hannah. Hannah. But we did. She's also killed by.
1: Also dead, yeah.
0: Killed by the little boy via Peter. Via Peter. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now the, in the, the, well. What we don't, the well what we don't know yet here at the end of episode five mm. is why Peter is far more of a specter, right? He's more of a ghost. He comes in and out. He's he has to possess Miles. We see him occasionally. Whereas everybody can see Hannah. She is talking. She's having conversations with people. She's present. She's there. Mm-hmm. So why is she able to continue on essentially living at the manor and going about her business? And physically interacting with things, and Peter is not.
0: Yeah, when Peter's going to pick up the doll, or whatever it is that's dropped on the ground, I believe it was the doll. Is the doll? And yep. at first he can't. Right, but then he can. Mm-hmm. But then he can't. Right, and you're like, what? Yeah, yeah, it's very. Yeah, we don't,
1: we don't have that explained.
0: What are the quite, rules yeah. for these ghosts? And do they all have different rules? What the frick? Yeah, yeah. Huh. I'm trying to think if there are any other massive, major things that. Uh, I was like. Well,
1: we know uh, that we, we we got the backstory to to the. To the person that is haunting Danny, which is her ex fiance who she had to break up with because she was yes. coming to the realization
0: that she was um,
1: n- interested in women,
0: not yeah, men. Yeah, we kept seeing this flash. Of this dude, right? Anytime she's looked in a mirror, anytime what the, something went fast by her, yeah, the lights and the glasses, yeah. And then yeah. we find out exactly where that came from, and it's that she was breaking up with this guy, this her fiance, mm-hmm. explaining uh, the situation, and he like jumps out into traffic and dies. Yes, instantaneously. That was not a suicide, was it? No, no, no accident. No. He
1: was like freaking Angry out, out of the
0: car, bangs out without looking, Smashed. gets smashed by a bus. Yeah, brutal. And also makes a good amount of sense, yeah. In terms of the haunting thing, and so we've got
1: we've got that going. That's who that's who continues to haunt her, and and that is getting in the way of her starting the relationship with the gardener. That's the name that I can't remember right now.
0: Oh yeah, Flora, Miles, Owen, Flora, Mrs. Gross, Jamie, Um
1: Now, Peter. The the, the, the I, I think the the remain the last remaining character. We don't have a well. I mean, we still we still have questions about Owen and the gardener. But what what is Flo, what's going on with Flora? Is she controlling the dollhouse? How does she have possession of it? What does she know about it? Like, what's her? How did she learn everything uh, she knows yeah, about a it? A few yeah. episodes ago, we see her tell the lady of the lake to like be quiet. She like shushes her. And l- when she's she hiding, listens.
0: and she listens. So like, Flora's she's not scared of them. She's scared of them for others, not yeah. herself. Why, how, what the hell? Is Flora alive? You're right. But she's definitely the MVP of this uh, of creepy month here as far as the
1: creepiness goes.
0: Yeah, the little kids are creepy as shit. Yeah. But the little girl in particular, Flora, is crushing it. Um, the show is fun. It is a slow burn. It's definitely... Something that you have to be willing to like buckle in for, and you know you don't have to be locked in the whole time. You can kind of hear and come and go in terms of your phone and shit, but you might miss some stuff. Right. And uh, overall, it's creepy. It's got at least one really scary moment every episode. Yep, I'm thoroughly enjoying it.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's 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 good. You're you're exactly right though. It is a slow burn, and as we've talked about a little bit before, you know this is a new, this is relatively new territory. For these, for to to be making a horror show, a t a horror TV show. Oh yeah, and you can't be, because you don't just have an, a a you know a captive audience for ninety minutes. Or, you can't just you can't scare the bejesus out of people for fifty five minutes every single episode. No, that's impossible. That's impossible. And we would all be miserable. so. It has to be more of this like ten, this. You have Drawing to build, out, ten, build tension and draw out. the story a little bit and give it give us the creepiness bit by bit. And 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 I find it enjoyable, but um it does it does make for some, for some occasional pacing issues. Indeed. Indeed.
0: All right, let's talk about Fargo quickly. Season four, we're through episode three. Uh, I want to start off by just commenting on, like, we, the way the season starts to unfold, we see basically, look, here's this area. Uh, there have been several families who have been in control over the course of the organized crime, you know, uh, in this particular area that have been in control over different periods. Um, We meet the most recent one being this Italian family. We obviously meet Chris Rock, his black family. And uh, sort of everything is set off from there. The trading of kids that we are presented with as a tradition from family to family is the weirdest tradition in the history of organized crime. It makes no sense. (laughs) The fact that we have people who have been traded back and forth or across multiple times, one character in particular, whose name is slipping my mind currently. Rabbi. Rabbi. The rabbi's been traded twice. It's crazy. But, like, the way these guys are having to now deal and, like, set up meetings to go see their kid for a few minutes to, like, tell them some strategy thing, but they're also giving strategy to the kid that's not their kid. It's weird. The whole situation is bizarre. But we got a lot going on. Still, through the third episode, new characters are being introduced, right? We get Timothy Oliphant for the first time. Yes. Oliphant? Oliphant, yep. The guy from Deadwood and Justified. He
1: shows up playing. Timothy Oliphant
0: because mm-hmm.
1: that's just the guy in Hollywood. You need a rootin' tootin' swashbucklin' Western type cop. Apparently you go, you got to go Timmy. He's deafy. He's deafy. Dick Wickware, <laughs> the Mormon He's cop. He's great. He's great. By the way, I, I, it, I'm 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 giving him a hard time because he continues to you know we got him in Justified we got him in uh, Deadwood in Deadwood we got him in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood oh yeah um so like like he definitely he, 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 he's in on this joke with this typecast now I, I love Timothy Oliphant I do think that he's able to kind of switch it up and give us something with a little bit more flavor every time this being no exception this is a very unique character as are all of the characters in Fargo that is what we traffic in here on the show is that is what they do crazy characters we got doctor senator Whatever. or you know i love him love I his love
0: doctor senator love
1: his uh I'm trying to his, move
0: credit cards bro
1: his little sit down at the be- beginning of episode 3 is is a very cool it's like very actory it's like this very set up monologue moment for him but he executes it to perfection and uh yeah i mean this show is is it's it's I don't know, I really like watching the show because of its mix of, like, hijinks and off-the-wall characters. Random we got Orietta comedy. Orietta out there doing God knows what, making shit pies, and, um... <laughs> fill up with Ipecac. That woman... Killing mob bosses. It has serious issues. Jason Schwartzman, just, if he's in a
0: show, you know it's gonna be quirky. Dude, them doing lines of whatever that was... And then okay. him being like, go kill my dad. I thought they were like crushing up pills that she had in the back. The, then them her, him being like, you should kill my dad. And her being like, I got gotcha. you." Yeah. Okay. I don't think that's what he meant though.
1: I think that is a, they haven't, they haven't teased that out yet. I don't think he meant for his dad to
0: get killed. I think he did. Okay. I think his high ass asked her to kill his dad. And then she went and killed his dad. And then he didn't realize it'd be a power vacuum, and there was a guy who's roughly three times his size who might seemingly be a problem. Okay,
1: uh, that guy. I, I mean, God, what an amazing! I I, I, I want to see the audition tape for him because he was born to play this role. <laughs> he is so crazy, crazy eyed, and psychopathic,
0: dude. He can make the eyes very crazy
1: and terrifying.
0: Good job by him. Hey, we also have the. We inter- we get we introduce uh, another detective, I think in episode two, that's the OCD detective, the guy who has to. And do you know who that is? It's the cop, or it's the half a face guy from Boardwalk Empire. Yeah, Jack Houston. Yeah, he's awesome. I love him. Was super stoked to see him in here. Um, yeah, Orietta's is just running around killing people and serving up pies with poo and. I- Peck. Ip- a- Ipecac and them uh, She's completely insane We see yes. her get fired from one hospital job For <laughs> murdering patients And when the doctor's trying to explain it to her is That's one of the best like back and forths in the show Then she has him write the letter for her And as we know this was a thing Like back in the 70's and shit There were some sick nurses and doctors Running around from like state to state killing, basically, serial killers Wow, that were getting new jobs by, like, the hospital wanting to sweep it under the rug, basically. Mm -hmm. And being like, look, we're sending you away, we don't know what happened here, but we're not doing criminal charges, here's a recommendation, please get the fuck out.
1: Much like the priesthood.
0: Yeah. Exactly like the priesthood. Different type of crime, Mm -hmm. same type of sweeping under the rug. Just move them to another place, it'll be fine. Um, She's so creepy, I have no idea what her place in all of this is long-term. Yeah, no idea either. She's, like, such a loose cannon. It feels like we have two very organized groups of people and then this wild, insane serial killer nurse who's just out there in the wind. (laughs) Um, Jason Schwartzman as... It's Josto, right? Is that how you say his first name? Yes. Fada is their last name? The The Fada family? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Is hilarious because he's basically, like... The opposite of every mob boss you've ever known from anything ever, right? He's this little bitty funny dude. Um, and then there's this huge, terrifying persona that is now on the other side of uh, this. what is a split family at this point, sort of. Um, what else happens in three that has a large impact um, on where we're well, going from Well, so
1: here? We've, we've got our two uh, prison escapees. Now, have you recognized one of them yet? Swanee and Zelmar, or Zelmer, Zelmari. Oh, don't even, I'm not even going to try. Okay. Do not know their names. Too many, too, so many characters in this show, Ross. I, I
0: just have them listed here.
1: Uh, do you recognize the, the smaller one? No. Because she's Monica from Yellowstone. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> wow. Did not realize that. So I love very, very much into her getting a turn as like very against type since they clearly spent so much time dolling her up to be sexy teacher with a limp in Yellowstone. I
0: think I saw this as the beginning of a scene in Pornhub. <laughs> God. That guy. Okay, that's good. Yeah. So,
1: so th- they, they, they knock over the, uh, one of the, the cannon hideouts, one of the, mm-hmm. cannon, the cannon joints where they're taking all the money for the bets.
0: She looks totally different. This is crazy. Shuck. Oh, she's one of those who can really just—they can make you look like yep, a completely yep. different damn person. Exactly. Wow. Okay. Cool.
1: Yeah. So they—they—they they, they get one over. They—they they steal twenty Gs from the cannons. Hell yeah! At the hideout, at the where they're where they're taking all the bets and collecting all the all the coin. See? Shit. Yep. Gee, they go in there, right? Look right? Here, gee? see? look here, she. They say, "Give me all the money, yeah." Twenty
0: I ain't got grand time
1: for no messing <laughs> Um, 20 grand, and, though. And, uh, and, and Monica, Monica from Yellowstone, has eaten the ipecac pie, by the way. And so the whole time they're committing a robbery, she's doing farts and throw ups. And it's very. They really are not afraid of the fart jokes. Boy, in th- it's very comical.
0: I'll tell you that much. Remember when the old uh, Italian man farted for four and a half minutes in episode <laughs> two? Remember that? <laughs> yeah. yeah, you remember that. Yeah. yeah, you remember. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know where this season's going, but this show does its thing. It just weaves a web of crime and in the end you're left to pick up the pieces.
1: I mean, I'll say this. I I I'm loving what's happening here so far. I very much enjoy putting the show on. Oh, it's fun. And I'm and I'm getting I'm getting better vibes than I was getting through this many episodes in season three, for sure. Me too. Yeah. I feel better than I did in season three.
0: I don't feel good enough to be confident yet. Season I'm three just...
1: started behind the eight ball with having you and McGregor do the both roles thing.
0: That was stupid. You know? That was stupid. Yeah. So. In hindsight, it was really stupid. Please stop trying to do that. Thank you. Didn't he play his own brother? He did. He did. Yeah, it got weird. It got weird. But Fargo's fun as hell, man. I've enjoyed Chris Rock. They make all their characters kind of kitschy, so it's like everybody, you can kind of be kitschy and it's cool. Like, everybody's characters like that.
1: Yeah, yeah. One thing that I read or heard about, like, j- j- in a blurb about Fargo, was how they-, they basically take all these characters, right? And then they, like, give them something else. Yeah. You know, so you're, you, you know, to the Jack Houston character, right? He's this normal crooked cop, but okay, now you're OCD and you have this weird tick. Yeah. And like Timothy Olyphant's character, he's this body detective from Utah, U.S. Marshal, right? But he's but, also oh, yeah, Mormon. You're a Mormon. You're a Mormon and you have some racist things going on as well.
0: And there's really weird stuff about the Mormons in this time period. Like it was basically illegal to be a Mormon in Kansas City. Okay. Then. Yeah. Which is... Just a re- weird wrinkle I was reading about.
1: So, so, so th- there's just, there's, everybody's a character on this show, right? And it, yes. it, 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 it makes for, for a lot of fun, but it also is, is just a, it's a lot. It's, it's always a, a lot, lot of
0: chaos. Yeah. With the fun of Fargo is when those characters inevitably meet. Exactly. Right? That's yep. where Fargo's yep. fun We're all, comes when all out, the, tr-
1: so. when all the trains start
0: crossing, that is where That's we get. That's Fargo's good shit. Yeah. The best, the best shit. Uh, so looking forward to covering more of Fargo season four next week what will how many episodes will have aired i i want to say 7 really yeah i'll do my best see how many i can get through yeah i, I don't expect to be fully
1: caught up by by next week yeah. um that, but that'd uh, be tough.
0: but we shall see we shall see i'll try to get in at least a couple uh yellowstone a couple blind Manor, a couple fargo see what happens see what see, we'll see how much we can get in yeah 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 yeah, yeah she yeah, look here, see? Here's how many episodes you're going to watch now, see?
1: Okay, I'm going to go home, see? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to I'm gonna turn on the television tube, okay? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that will do it for today's episode of OCC. Hey, Pro- get your hotline calls in, Mollusk Militia. Get your hotline calls in, please, Mollusk Militia. Produced by Mike Moody Garcia of Permanent Record Studios in Austin, Texas. Huge thanks for our sponsor today, Lisa. Hit lisa.com slash dragon Use the code dragon Get yourself 15% off any mattress If you already have a Lisa And you want to support us directly In exchange for more OCC ad free Exclusively on Patreon You can do that By going to patreon.com P-A-T-R-E-O-N Patreon.com Slash oysters clams cockles P-A-R-T-Y Because I gotta Exactly Exclusively where you can get uh, Our ad free episodes That come out every week If you're in the Mollusk Militia You get four a month If you're in the Crustacean Nation You get three a month If you're in the Wiretappers You get one a month If you're in in Movie Club You get One a month Plenty of different tiers to join Plenty of ways to support the podcast And get more ad-free Exclusive OCC in exchange So do it Clam Fam for life Patreon.com Slash Oysters Clams Cockles Follow us on social media For updates on the best in TV and film Uh, We're on Instagram At Oysters Clams Cockles On Twitter At Clams and Cockles And on Facebook.com Slash Oysters Clams Cockles Follow me Ross Bolin On Twitter, Instagram And Snapchat At WR Bolin W-R-B-O-L-E-N And listen to the Ross Bolin Podcast Wherever you listen to OCC, this week uh, we talked about, I celebrated three years of uh, dry. Technically, some of you don't consider me sober, but dry. No drinking. Um, if that's something that interests you to hear me discuss, we discussed on the most recent episode of the Ross Bolin Podcast. Again, you can listen to that wherever you listen to OCC. Go listen. Mr. Barrett Dudley, where can we follow you on social media and hear more of your voice?
1: Oh, at Barrett Dudley on Twitter and Instagram. And... Um... You can check out the Club Cool podcast where we meet at the intersection of style and pop culture. We have the founder and creator of the only lifestyle brand specifically focused on making Apple Watch bands coming on this week. His name is Braxton Manley. You can check out his brand Braxley Bands. Ooh, um, he is He's a guest on The Potty this week. Check it out
0: wherever you're listening to OCC Club Cool. And that will do it for this helping of oysters, clams, and cockles. Until next time. Goodbye, friends.